okay, is this going to be our trailer or are we doing a different trailer? <laughs> You're searching for coffee and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> right. Thanks, thanks for all of your assistance. You're doing great. No, really, you're doing great. Two men from across the world searching to explain the cultural divide between white people and brown people and failing regularly on a day-to-day -day basis. There's your trailer. Oh, yeah, that is exactly what I'm going to use. <laughs> What's going on in India? Yeah, hot as hell as usual. My complaint. I have nothing else to report. <laughs> I had many years in the lovely temperate weather in England. This shit is killing me. <laughs> is that what you're secretly saying to yourself? Oh no, but it's. I'm kind of upset about the fact where people tell me the weather, and I'm like. Okay, it used to be like 102 in the summers in Oklahoma, so I don't really know what I'm complaining right. about, but I'm going to complain anyway. Exactly. You know me, yeah. complaining is like my national pastime. <laughs> it, I, I hate to break it to you, you were in England so long, it is a sport there. Literally, <laughs> just a passive sport. Kind of like it, fantasy it, football. Oh, God, it is. Even my sister asked me the other day, she was like, is there anything you don't have a problem with? And I was like, I don't know, maybe very little. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem with you asking me that. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've got a funny story for you before we get to, into the deep stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I, I am a person that revels in when political enemies make huge mistakes and go down. And uh, <laughs> as, as anybody... So mm -hmm. we had this guy during this during this last election, and he was literally a lunatic. Now, I'm one of the people, for some reason, that got along with him. We didn't have any big tumbles or anything. Mm -hmm. And so this guy is running for basically the head of school board for the whole state. And he has this guy named Ron Ron, who's this trailer trash guy um, okay. that, that always wears cutoff T-shirts. And, you know, the hair's coming out the side of the T-shirt and all that stuff. And he films himself in his hot tub quite a few times um, to talk to people about this guy that ran for head of schools named Ryan Walters, who you've heard me mention, but this was his attack dog. Evidently, he'd been arrested a couple of times before, and he had some other guy in his campaign that was arrested for uh, inappropriate contact, uh, to say it the polite way, with, with a minor. And so this guy well. evidently... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was his campaign manager, his original campaign manager. <laughs> yeah. The guy running to take care of schools. And we wonder why he turned out to be a weirdo. So this Ron Ron guy, I don't know what the deal is, but his his uh, arrest report was two counts of burglary and uh, and one of stalking. Nice. Now, the election was, was six the... months ago. You had two people. Yes. Would that be stalking a minor? <laughs> no, no. This guy, I think he was stalking somebody he used to be in a relationship with. No, but cool. he was he was a fraud. But he had really good artwork, and so you go, "Oh, who hired you? Nobody hired me, man." You go, "Well, I mean, talking to you for five minutes tells me you are incapable of doing this level of artwork." And he had a podcast that nobody listened to. Hey, hey, everybody! It's Ron. Welcome to the podcast. This was awful. 
I think we should start doing that, Sean. You'll lean into a redneck accent. I'll lean into an Indian accent, and we'll just do the there most the show possible. <laughs> we can afford. We well, can offend one point eight billion. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay out of that part of the argument. You know, I'm, I'll be a little noticeable when I'm over there. I can do a pretty solid Indian accent, though. I really can. I can do one. I think I. I have heard it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, what else is going on, my friend? I hadn't heard from you, so I was just assuming that maybe you slept in. <laughs> no, yeah, we've got weather coming in, so I've got a like weird pressure, but no headaches or anything. Man, I'm good. So here's the thing about being old, okay? I'm going to mm-hmm. give you an old man to young man lesson. Um, it's really not a lesson. It's just a factual conversation. So when I was your age, I was still playing soccer. And they would play hard still, you know, it, it was fairly rough and, and difficult. And, uh, and so the next day I'd wake up and I'd still be sore and shit. And from 45 on, okay. Cause I'm 60 now or in a few months, um, you're not sore the next day. You're sore two days later. It doesn't make any sense. It's like the aggravation angst. It doesn't get to your nerve <laughs> for two days. Cause it's moving so slow. <laughs> But I, I did the festival this weekend. And so for moving all the kegs and everything, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old, dude. I'm old, bro. <laughs> I wonder all the pain I'm going to go through considering all the bones I broke during that accident. Yeah, yeah your face is just going to hurt. You know, that's the thing. Your whole face is just going to hurt forever. And for you probably got listening? some neck issues. <laughs> I said for anyone listening I wasn't driving I was sitting in the back of an unnamed app company that I was using (laughs) it it rhymes with boober (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that was brutal and I don't know I mean I don't know how that's going to work when you get older but trust me you're going to feel it you are going to feel it they're gonna feel it so hey did i tell you about this band from stillwater named waxy something uh-uh. stillwater oklahoma a little tiny um city college that's town, got a right? university do what college town is what i said yeah it's a college town and now since i've been in oklahoma about 20 years ago the single best irish pub band i've ever seen in my entire life came out of stillwater and so I'm at the festival this weekend and I'm looking up and I'm like, that is the single best pub band I have heard in decades out of Stillwater as well. How weird is that for Celtic music to come out of one tiny little town? And I don't know any Celtic people who settled there, but you know, maybe they maybe they passed through with the music program of the school maybe. or something. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it literally doesn't make any sense that. And these guys were tight. They were good. That was my like first big reaction, band. that it might be the students from OSU. OSU, right? No, the one there? Yeah, OSU. One of them is a professor. You know, and mm-hmm. there's a, there was a band back in the 80s called Boston, and most of the guys had gone to MIT, and they were, they were dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So not only were they good at science, <laughs> they mm-hmm. can play. <laughs> Girls liked them, too. Uh, what were we going to talk about today (laughs) well so do do you want to 
Okay. Um, no, let's go. Let's do FBI Joe. I think that one's pretty, pretty exciting. And we'll just call him FBI Joe. Cause I, what, what's his last, what's his actual last name? Cause they say it in the movie. So I think it's okay. I don't know. Do I know his last name? <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure it's because of you. I keep calling him FBI Joe and I've forgotten his last well, name. <laughs> and, and Jeff, the cop. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, man, I think Joe, FBI Joe, let's roll with that one. I think that's a pretty good story. We, I was about to say, go away, villagers, till I realized we haven't even done anything. <laughs> <laughs> That is how I, that's how welcoming I am to our listeners, Sean. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's the politeness. That's why people like you. It's the politeness. Hey, let me, um, let me, let me talk about one of my, one of my regulars here at the restaurant. Cause I think this is a, a pretty hilarious story. So I got this guy, mm-hmm. you know, we got one guy named Jeff, the cop. And then we've got this other guy, it's FBI Joe. And here's the deal. Um, I'm at home watching Netflix and I watched this movie about the city, or it's a murder here in the city of Oklahoma where this girl named, I think her name was Tanya, and her, her uh, the guy that posed as her boyfriend and all this stuff actually turned out to be her dad, just nothing but a, you know, just a creep. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm watching and I'm like, my God, that's Joe, FBI Joe, what the hell's the deal? So he comes back into the play, he comes here a couple times a week. And I go, I didn't know you were in a, in a Netflix series. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we filmed that a few months ago. And I go, how has that never come up? You know what I mean? I mean, how does how does filming – and he's great. Mm-hmm. And so I go, man, that's that's a fantastic acting job for an amateur. And he goes, well, I'm not really an amateur. I mean, you know, I was trained by the, <laughs> by the FBI to interrogate mm-hmm. people. And you have to remain calm and all this other stuff, just like camera – but he's done. It's called the uh, girl, the girl in the picture, I believe, is what the, what mm-hmm. it's called. And then uh, I keep talking to him over the next few weeks, and he gets more and more famous week by week. It is the number one Netflix show in the world for like three or four weeks in a row. And can you imagine how many views that is? That is oh, insane. Yeah. And he goes, you know, he's traveling somewhere, and people kept staring at him, and. And he goes, you know, and my thing is, you know, I don't really want people staring at me. And I said, well, you probably should have stayed out of the movie. And, he's, and you know, weeks later, autographs, women trying to get pictures with him and all this other stuff. Because he's a good looking guy, but he's got to be, what do you figure, 70? Mm, yeah. 70? Well, that 70s. grunt didn't really help. Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> that was me processing my thoughts. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <gasps> If I say close to 80, would they be like, look at this asshole? <laughs> you probably, yeah. From my angle, it's close to 80. <laughs> but anyway, what I really liked it, what I, the reason the story sticks out so much to me is the humility that this guy had about making the movie and being the number one movie and all the fame. But, you know, and then towards the end of the, the film, I'm not going to tell you how it ends because it really is worth watching. It's It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is where I live, <laughs> which makes it even worse. <laughs> but yeah, what a neat guy. Joe Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. is his name. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> right. Well, you know, a lot of Irish pubs, we, we tend to, to get a lot of police and stuff like that because half of our family mm-hmm. were criminals and the other half of our family were the police, you know, which explains why they were such successful criminals. 
<laughs> they always knew when it was going to be a raid. <laughs> I am not going to be involved in that conversation, but that may be how it worked. So, <laughs> well, can you imagine if your brother got arrested, what your mother would do to you? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Right. It'd be brutal. But yeah, Joseph, really fascinating guy. And he's been coming in here for a while. And, and he never, I mean, he'll talk openly about cases and stuff because they're, they've all, they've all gone so far, you know, they, they're all so far back. But uh, mm. really, really interesting guy to talk to. I, I really enjoy it. So for any of you watching, the girl in the mirror and creepy, girl creepy show. Picture shit. Of course, I had the wrong one. <laughs> the, girl the, the, the girl in the mirror might be some horror shit that I would watch. That's, yeah, right. that's probably way worse. Isn't that crazy? So we get people in all the time that are. Do you remember um, a guy named Ray Liotta that was in in uh, Goodfellas? The name sounds familiar. The marks on his face and stuff. He was like the young kid. He had blue. He was the blue-eyed guy in Goodfellas. Uh-huh. You were just not the person to talk to about this, are you? Okay. But <laughs> anyway, I ended up one night sitting next to him at dinner, hanging out and chatting with him and all this stuff. I had no idea he was going to be so famous the next year. <laughs> oh, wow. This was like before the movie came <laughs> out? <laughs> yeah, while they were making it, evidently. Oh, wow. I think he was making a hospital movie. And I... Are you? Do you have um, a cow talking to you outside your window? Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Some. I think it was uh, a lorry or something that went by in the small in this little lane. Uh, Everything shook. That's why I looked out. <laughs> we didn't hear it. <laughs> Thought the building was coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I just have this weird deal of of running across people on their on their way up, and it's kind of fun though to watch it progress. Okay, so let me tell you about a movie I did about 40 years ago, since we're on entertainment. Maybe you can cut this into one of these other pieces. So um, mm-hmm. I shot this movie called... Uh... Shit, I can't even remember the name of the movie. Jesus, was okay. that the waiter one? Let me start over. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a, a girl that ended up being the mom in Breaking Bad. If any of you ever seen Breaking oh, Bad, shit, that one that is literally an Oklahoma movie. We have as talked well. about this. <laughs> right. So the guy who makes meth in the movie, his wife is actually, when she was younger, was six foot tall, stunning, beautiful actress. And I co-starred in a movie with her back when I was about 20 or 22 years old. And, yes. and a gun. We have talked yeah, about and this. And a gun. Yeah. And she had and she'd done like six different failed failed deals. And and people don't understand in acting. You know, you gotta do what you're paid for. You don't really get mm-hmm. to be that original until you are Marlon Brando. Then you can do whatever the hell you want. But until that point, you gotta kind of do what they tell you to do. And uh, and she was in some terrible sitcoms and stuff, and she was really talented. And then all of a sudden, who would think breaking bad would be your thing that would propel you? into fame but she looked so different in the movie than i remember she could probably walk mm. around anywhere and nobody would bother even in india <laughs> do you guys watch do you watch breaking bad and shit like that over there yeah they do it's really popular here right well, i don't know whether it mm. is like more popular because of the friends i hang out with or whether even right uh general population is watching these shows you have an option to change the language 
Right. Yeah, so I can actually watch Breaking Bad in one of the regional languages if I so choose to. That would be fascinating. <laughs> and I'm not going to do an imitation because if I did that right now, it would look like I was making fun of people rather than going, that is fascinating. You know, because when people do the reads on stuff like that, they usually mm -hmm. get the cheapest actor they can get. They don't get the best actor. They get the cheapest. Okay. And you watch it on a screen and then try to match up the words off of a paper script with it. That's why it's so bad. And, you know... If you weren't cooking meth, how do you even understand what meth is or what it does or how you do it? <laughs> right. Like, I wonder, like, I'll tell you this very weird instance that I've had when I was watching a Hindi movie in Oklahoma, but with the English subtitles on. And Oh, wow. So in, I think it's like more of Hinduism, where when you marry someone, you take like right. that red powder that you've seen at the temple which is called yes. kumkum. Okay, you take that mm -hmm. and you put it not on the, like put it right there at the brow where the hair meets your forehead. And it's basically hey, like, you better go back about you. five seconds and restate that because the video oh. stopped. Yeah. Oh. So in Hinduism, I think it would be where you take that red powder that you've oh. seen at the temple. And if you put it on the, during yep. the wedding ceremony, you basically put that on the person you're marrying just say that yes we are married okay that is the significance of it but i don't think whoever was huh. doing the translations knew any of that shit because the subtitles down just said put the red powder on your forehead i was like what the fuck is anybody gonna understand from this <laughs> <laughs> that would be my point exactly right there subtext man it's brutal i'm uh mm. Yeah, I, I mean, stuff like that is, is you know, actors have to pay rent like everybody else. And uh, yeah. much like your work and my work, there are things about my work that I don't really care for. But if I want to pay my rent, that has to be done as well as the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. It just can't be just cool stuff, which is the fun stuff. So what that's awesome. The on. <laughs> that is a fact, my friend. I was in Austin and watched an Indian movie down there, bro, and I can't even tell you what it's called. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but it was good. It was, yeah, a, it was you know, my, my, you know, my favorite show, you know, um, get, get Your Wife, uh, Indian, Indian Matchmaker. <laughs> is, it was one of, the, one of the versions of that, except it was a bunch of supernatural, hilarious stuff. I mean, it was cool. It really was. Sorry. There you go. For some reason, so it was a blank. <laughs> it's a, I, your guys's families remind me of ours 50 years ago where you know the other the other aunties are always watching what the kids are doing and then calling the parents to complain this is what i saw your daughter doing this is what. so it's it's a daughter who dropped out of some fantastic school and uh and and wanted to be an artist for some reason and uh and then they catch her at that point when it's time to be married and it's but it's it really is pretty good, but truthfully, no idea what it, what the what the heck it was called. And this really wealthy family um, chooses her not because she's worth it, but they mm -hmm. had some screening mechanism that showed that she would be the one to have the most children or the best opportunity for children or something. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was nuts, <laughs> but it was great. See, this is where I actually cover my face, and I'm like, yeah, we make those movies. Thank you. <laughs> uh huh.
Well, you know, it's like an American rom-com, but yeah, I mean, it really was. It was great. And I, I would, I would, I would see that one again. That one was worth doing. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I know. What else you want to talk about, homie? We got about 10 minutes. So in the news these days in Oklahoma, uh, mostly because I put it in the news, <laughs> I guess we should put that part. So there is a theory in politics, and I would say in business as well. If somebody has clawed onto your leg or, or you know, bit onto your leg, your goal is not to get them off of your leg because they can bite you again. The goal is to get them on somebody else's leg, right? Is that fair? Mm-hmm. You're familiar with it. Now everybody else is familiar with it. I've got a guy here that I've been working against for about probably three or four months. And and he has physically abused kids and mentally abused kids and then done some stuff which might even be considered to be sexual abuse, depending on how you look at it. Now he's a football, he's a football coach. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Legitimate accusers, federal lawsuit. Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, investigation, state school board investigation, which is, you know, calling it an investigation is probably a stretch. Yeah. And so the guy kept showing up to the school he was at, where the people he abused were. But he's also done it at two other schools. So I had verified people from three different schools talking to me about him. The lawsuit gets done, Mm -hmm. and our state school superintendent would not get rid of him. And finally I had to go down there and shame his PR guy into putting this guy on leave. So the investigations are still going on. And a person called the superintendents in charge of the school. This guy has said that he's going to let him come back to work as a principal and a football coach on the 1st of May, as soon as school is out. And that way he can get his team ready for next year. So if you were a kid that turned this guy in, uh-huh. You are now going to have to see him at school and his friendly teachers, the ones that support him and the ones that don't. But this is split the small town in half. This is something to really think about. Mm-hmm. So he's a good football coach. This is called a 1A school. It's the smallest high school you can have in the state. Mm-hmm. And they're good at football for being a small school. Mm-hmm. So the school board, the school board and some of the parents are willing to overlook and he, he did a thing like he had these kids do naked up and downs, meaning you stand up and you go down like military and do a push up, mm-hmm. right? But they were naked and it was on plastic AstroTurf. And if you can imagine what that do to your junk, <laughs> that's what the guy did. That's and creepy. I don't know. If, <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's pretty creepy. That literally. And then he is accused of exposing himself and shaking his junk and going, you got to have these to play football. Now, this is just 1A football. One and 100,000 kids would make it to college, much less professional. It's that rare. But you can get the one. And he coached a guy, you know, 20 or 30 years ago that ended up being a uh, a hugely, hugely famous in college, but the guy didn't make it to the pros. Wasn't big enough. So the thing is, is imagine what it feels like to be one of these kids Everybody that is supposed to help you has turned on you. And you've got a group of parents that are defending you, but they have no power and they have no say in anything. So all of the men, essentially, and his ex-wife or his wife, who works at the school too, and then two of his children. I mean, it's really, 
they they put people in place probably knowing something like this was going to come up. Isn't that weird? So they have the votes and he's probably going to be able to come back. So, you know, of course I shared that lovely story with some of my news friends and, and you've got the fury up there. And so May 1st, you know, he's going to have news crews all over there again as he shows back June up. 1st, right? this, do what? June 1st, right? Yeah, June 1st, right. Not mm-hmm. June 5th. Um, yeah. And so that's next week. And the, the, what's really sad is how fucking hard is it to do the right thing? I mean, literally, how hard can it be to just go, no, this isn't right. You shouldn't have him around the kids. I mean, I, I'm not crazy. I know. I wonder what it does to those kids' psyche to be fucking let down by all the adults they depend on. And how do they go through all of them? that? Right. How do you make a comeback from that? Mm-hmm. And your view, so what they, what people will say in, in, in therapy is hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. So what, what has it done to these kids? And for one, if they end up being abusers when they're older, when they're older, they do know that probably nothing's going to happen, even if somebody tells on them. You just need people in the right place and it's about to. <laughs> That's right. I know. Isn't that nuts? And instead of teaching them morality and doing the right thing and being a better person and being a, even if you're from a tiny town like that, that most people don't think about, Mm -hmm. you still want to be an example of how to be a good person for these people when they get older. And instead they all just shit on you because they like to watch a good football game. I mean, it is, it's one of the more um, upsetting things I've worked on. I got another one that I'm going to a hearing at nine 30 this morning. Um, the school superintendent, Ryan Walters, is still trying to take a teaching license away from a teacher that gave a QR code to a library in New York because they were starting to ban books here, which we're still doing. And so she gave her kids a QR code. She goes, nobody gets to ban books. You can go here and get any book you want. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to make such an example of her that other teachers will be scared to do anything. And it worked. It really did. So... um have you and I ever talked about the Lynch letters? You had mentioned it. Yeah. So that's what this is based off of. They would they would teach white slave owners. You know, if they had 300 slaves on their plantation, how do you keep everybody in line? So you take the biggest, strongest male and mm-hmm. literally harm him beyond belief and then quarter him, you know, like put ropes on his arms and legs and have him pulled apart in front of all of the women. And then the women will keep the children in line that grow up that would naturally want to take over and not have one guy running 300 other people. So that's the theory behind it. So they hurt her, this this really sweet, nice teacher, mm-hmm. bad enough that it scares every other teacher to keep their mouth shut. I wonder what, what's the thinking, at least in the parents' mind. I was always encouraged to read and I was yelled at for not reading enough. Never. Right. Well, never, okay, you can't read that shit. <laughs> yeah, different culture, right there. We, um, I, what I would say is, twenty years ago, we were like thirty seventh in the nation in education, which is not great, but it's not terrible. We are now forty ninth, so it's been a steady, steady mm-hmm. drop. I don't know if it's on purpose. I mean, I, I can't think it's, it, it's, it's. There's not some. Um, negative nature in there that's just trying to dumb other people down and and you change their focus to football rather than school mm-hmm. yeah you know, which is which is going to get the average person further 
reading or playing football? I'm pretty sure that's what's happening with cricket in this country. Where really? If you have yeah, you make it bigger. Like, yeah, you follow the cricket. You don't fucking pay attention to what the politicians are up to during right. this. Yeah. And where did they learn that? Where are the Romans at right now? With <laughs> the gladiators. I mean, <clears throat> we're seeing a replay of a whole bunch of political stuff from about 2200, 2300 years ago. Yeah, and it's it's odd and it's working. Yeah, you know, it's got a track record and it works. So I'm sorry to see that you guys are doing the same thing over there. It's really, for me, um, being Irish, that was the only way we could fight the English is get a good education and then not stay in Ireland. You know, come to America or go to England, beat them at their own game or come to America and create your own game. Do whatever you want. No shit, Jim. Yeah. And it's nuts. All right. I'm guessing we're probably running out of time here in seconds, right? Seven minutes. Oh, shit. That's awesome. It's because okay. I paused in between when we were having all that fuckery going on. <laughs> uh, hey, that's what we should have titled our thing, fuckery. Um, <laughs> all right. What else do you want to talk about, bro? We got seven minutes. We can get one more story out. I can talk to you about the weird little cricket game that I watched on, I think it was on Sunday night. Where... Okay, but I thought I thought they went on for three days. How'd you watch it in one night? So now they actually have a shorter format of the game, Sean, where it's played in three hours. Wow. Really? Because they realized it was a more marketable product. That industry, right. which started about 15 years ago where they changed it to this format, is oh, now worth nice. like billions and billions of dollars. Wow. God, that's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Jeez. And again, okay. Matt didn't make it through for the sole reason that we haven't won the damn thing in 15 years. I know <gasps> uh, those people in like their weird t-shirts and stuff, <laughs> all in cheers. And I was like, Jesus. Oh, and I was like, I wish I gave some, I gave that much of a shit about something in my life where I was right. in cheers. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I love playing soccer or, you know, European football. And and I enjoyed playing American football and I enjoyed playing basketball, but I was never that serious about any of them. I, you know, if I if I watch um, Premier Soccer, mm. eh, I'm, I'm okay with it. But I also, you know, have the knowledge of how many games were were thrown over the past ten years, and you go, yeah, this is all bullshit. And I don't know if cricket's in that same category or not, but that's what kills me. And I and I look at American football and go. How many of these guys' brains are going to be scrambled in 20 years? I mean, you basically, we have tofu up here, <laughs> and you're, you've got 300-pound people running head-to-head, seeing if they can smash some tofu. I mean, it's that's brutal. I, I don't know about that whole deal. But it survived the science, and that's probably the thing to learn off of it. Okay. We know in America what the problem is. We've chosen to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know what to do with people at that point when you choose to ignore it. And I, I just look and go, man, I don't know if I can be part of this. Cause if I'm watching, I'm part of it because advertising dollars, you know, Wasn't like it's, it's Fox news up in arms. Cause Obama in some interview way back when said that he would never let his kids play American football football. and right. they super upset it, with him. <laughs> Well, I think they got super upset with him that anything he said, uh, because for one, he didn't have boys. So, you know, it doesn't even matter. It, look, he was a smart guy and an incredibly talented communicator and really easy to like. Yeah. So 
you had to find something else to challenge him with. And it had to make the less educated part of our clientele or our political machine up here uncomfortable. And, you know, look at what the black guy said, everything. And people go, oh, I'm not a racist. And we have found out after Donald Trump that now they're openly saying they are racist and they don't give a shit. So it's the same people who used to say they weren't. Mm-hmm. But we all knew they were. And now they just they're so emboldened. They don't care. Oh, yeah. This is like right. never before. <laughs> it's tricky. I'm sure I am sure it's happened before, um, but it wasn't documented like it is now. I mean, it's it's really and truly it's, some of that stuff is concerning. And, and, you know, there's nothing you can do about inherent bias that people have. You know, if they're aware of it, that's that's as far as you're going to go. You're not going to make them change their behavior. I mean, you're just, you know, I, I I will negotiate with Iranians, but I don't like to negotiate with them because they're such damn good negotiators. It isn't that I don't like Iranians. They're just God, they're off the chart negotiators. And the negotiation never went and never ends. I want a price to see if I can make money on it. You know, and there's just goes on and on and on and on. And oftentimes I can walk away from some conversation and not know what the price was because I am right. so confused. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's the goal is to keep everybody on their toes. So yeah, it's nuts. All right, man. I-